Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Mary talking about our one cool author gal. Bonnie already talked about Cokie Roberts, Leah already talked about Deborah Kemp, and Mary already talked about Jane Austen. Thank you, ladies, for choosing people with simple-to-pronounce <laughs> names. You are very welcome. Because at this point in Happy the evening, birthday. it's appreciated. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Exactly. And all of the ladies, most interesting and impressive. Yes. I've enjoyed it. So, But before we dive back in and get to know my gal, yes. I want to know something random about you guys. No. Yes. <laughs> All right. Because that's what we do during this part. Okay. This is Allegedly. the part that has been scripted. Yes. <laughs> this is my random idea for us to randomly ask a question. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I want to know um, what book has changed your life the most? What book has had an impact on you? Last episode, I talked about Power of Myth, so I feel like I need to come up with another book real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I did change my name because of that glorious book. So I mean, that's fair. Right. Exactly. Yes. But I feel like there might be another one. Okay. All right. Until I can come up with another one. Show notes. Uh, (laughs) It'd probably be the power of myth because it really was when I was struggling. Oh, God. Changed your life the most. Um, uh, The belief test was a really fun. That was my very first book that I ever did. It's a book of questions. Um, and it, how it started was my friend Suhei would come over for therapy sessions, basically for three mm. free therapy. Um, and I would just like ask her questions cause she wasn't sure what she wanted to do in life. So I would just start questions yeah. and eventually she's like, you've got to write these down. These are questions that everybody should ask at some point during their life. So I wrote them down and then she's like, now it has to be a book. And I'm like, damn it. Mm. So I just self published it because it was really just for her, but it's such a fun book to go back it to. Is. Um, I write my answers in pencil and I kind of go back to them and I'll be like, oh, wow, was I mature back then? <laughs> no. Uh, awesome. Gave a copy to my kids. I'll do it when I'm stuck for characters. Yeah. Like when I was what writing screenplays. Yeah. I would be like, what would my character answer this question as? So, you know belief where I found your belief test most helpful? Where? Online dating. <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Oh, yeah. oh I like yeah, that. You should have given it to Bonnie. This is true. Yeah. Bonnie Bonnie had several... Have we talked about this? I don't know. Bonnie, uh... Why are you talking about yourself in the know. third person? Katie started it. She's not taking full responsibility. No. Well, of course I would call you Bonnie. Uh, we're talking about online <laughs> dating. You're always talking about yourself in the third person. Wow. Online like, dating. My, this last go around, one of my... Uh, well, because I'm a freaking dork. I would ask them, like, who's their favorite women from history? Yes. It's like, because, like it. you know, that's going to come up. Yeah. And when they right. said the blood countess, like yes. they did, which we like, discovered last nope. month, you're like, well, we're done then. <laughs> um, Next. My Bathing right. in yes. blood. No. Swipe. Yes. It's going to be a note I would me. also ask them... If they had seen the movie, what, what is that? Iron Passengers? John. Oh, Passengers, because you hate that is? movie. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a good hate. Like, yeah. You're supposed to hate. That was the test of if they were like, oh, it was a good movie or didn't mm-hmm. did it make you angry. Right. Like, 
Like, that see? was the test. I like of... that. Mm. See? <laughs> yeah, for some odd reason, what did you think about the passenger movies is not in the belief test for some yeah. reason. <laughs> I think because it was but published before. It right? was. It was yeah. like 2004. But maybe yeah. updated, updated versions. Updated versions. <laughs> but no, there could be a question in there. You know, if you're you're stuck alone and everyone else is in a cryogenic sleep, Correct. would you wake them up to just be killing them because right. you're lonely? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why mm. I didn't see that movie, because I figured that out from the trailer, and I went, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> Wait a minute. It's a good movie. The Chris Pratt movie? Yeah, but it wasn't that. He just wakes her up because he's lonely. Okay. I think she's just so pretty. Wait a minute. That's Wrath of Khan. Well, kind of, <laughs> but dude version. <laughs> oh, I saying, that's, that's the whole Khan, you know, Star Trek thing. Waking people up because they're sad. No, he he sees her one day. He got woken up just by accident. They're on a cross galactic journey to like go colonize somewhere. They're all in a cryogenic sleep. Like they hit into asteroid field or something. Some malfunction. He wakes up and he's the only one there. Mm-hmm. He finds her in one of the pods, just roaming around one day and just like, oh, she's just so pretty. And he like reads up on her like profile and all Stalks this her. stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Creeps on her from afar. And <laughs> accidentally wakes mm. her up too. Um, My ass. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's telling all this to his little robot buddy, the robot bartender. Ends up like spilling the beans on him. See, and that's why you never trust a robot. And you gotta tip the robot. Uh-huh. Bartender. Right. Hello. Pissed. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. she should be. It'll be a long car ride home. Yeah, because they got <laughs> I don't know, like a hundred and some years left till they get there. So, mm-hmm. and there's they have no way of getting them back. Yeah, it's also a death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, kudos. Yeah. That's fantastic. What about a book, though, Bonnie? Yeah, what about a book that what changed about a book? Your life? Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I have a book She's that's like, changed passengers, my life. Passengers changed my life. <laughs> I don't know if it's a book that's changed my life. I've read a, a shit ton of Greek mythology oh, like yeah. way back in the day. Um, that can scar your life a little bit because them weird. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird because it was weird being a young adult reading this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um trying to like associate myself with like what like oh, which yeah. goddess am i like it's an internet quiz right and so yeah. it was like you know <laughs> trying to navigate that i don't know i love the freaking julian julian may books but i'm not go. sure if i can i don't know i think that cemented my my i'm, I'm a fucking nerd there you go i read those several times you're like that's my jam yeah <laughs> my nerd jam um, I don't think I've had some kind of life-changing experience from, like, a book yet. See? It's coming. (sighs) Or something. Mary, what's yours? Well, mine is that got me on the path of being a reader is the Little House of the Prairie books. Oh, Oh, gotcha. I watched the TV show. (laughs) Um, I love their TV show. Yeah. (laughs) I I read those books and reread those books and re-reread those books. And last year, I actually bought a set because I had my, you know, I hadn't had any sets. My sets. Were They're awesome. really cool. Set. And I reread them last year. Oh. And I 
remembered why I liked them so much. Yeah, we have a couple in the library, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that, you know, the revisionists have gone in and, you know, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like, again, they wrote... let it be. Yeah. Wrote for what it was at the time. Yeah. And you can't go back and take your red pen and start, Mm. you know... Exactly. It's just no better. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't talk about this and, you, you know, you can't do that, you know. I mean, yes, there was... You know, a scene where they did a thing with blackface. Yes, that's not mm-hmm. cool, but yeah, they didn't really know that at the time. I mean, right. You know, but we you know, know that, and yeah. we can mm-hmm. read it right. and you separate know, and ourselves and to be thing like, about no. the Indians <laughs> and all the other stuff. Yeah. It's like, come on, people. They're still, you know, they were. Be smarter than the history. Yeah, and <laughs> they were, you know, when you read them, and, you, and it caused me to have a lifelong, you know, love, love of, of reading. Yeah, exactly. And that's the big thing, so. Um, so yeah, re, you know, reading those and rereading, like I said, I just, and what, one of my things since, you know, the international and travel and all the other stuff is probably on the, you know, on ice for the, at least another year. Right. Is, um, so next year I'm thinking, okay, well, let's see, what can I go do road trip next year? Yeah. Besides going down to Florida to see my parents, um, is that I'm probably going to go do a road trip out to Missouri uh-huh. to, um, the Laura Ingalls Wilder oh, you know, museum and stuff. Very like that, cool. Missouri, so nice. So, yeah, that sounds like you know. I, that, uh, plus, you know, you got to burn vacation, right? You know, exactly. I got a stockpile yep. of it. You know, it's like, well, uh-huh. you know, it's like well, <laughs> luckily for me though, you know, I took that cruise in the first of the year, so I burned two weeks, right? You know, but it's like, oh, you can't do this, and you know, it's like, well, let's see, where can I go? Okay, road trip. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. go check out that. But yeah, I, but yeah, that's just kind of put me on the the lifelong you know joy of reading exactly i would actually yeah because that actually reminds me probably more of a book that actually changed my life than um power myth now that i can i'll quickly rechange my answer to kill a mockingbird Mm -hmm. yeah um we read that in class it was uh high school and i was trying to read it and i was reading it and i'm like i don't get this book i don't get it and then we started watching the movie right Mm -hmm. and i started crying in the middle of class and I'm not like a big public crier at all but I was so ashamed because I couldn't understand the book and the movie was so beautiful that I felt terrible that I couldn't understand it that's when I learned I was dyslexic and so I really worked on concentrating on the page and so to the point when I read a book it's kind of slow and I kind of end up memorizing it but that book really like no this is an important piece of you know literature that I want to see the book as well as, you know, the movie is great, too. But I need to give the book its well, it's due. Like Rebecca. So. Now, I know they just yeah. did a redo of the movie. Yeah, Brad Snooker. But, but the, you know, the Alfred Hitchcock yes. version is, mm-hmm. you know, you read that. Because I remember we had an English class and we did that, like, in middle school. And, mm-hmm. and so you read the book, you saw the movie, and you just, you know, they were done so well. Yeah, exactly. You understood. And, and like they said, I think, you know, we joked about before. It's like, oh, you know, I've never seen her read her books but i've seen all her movies yeah uh for jane austen but i think sometimes if that's what it takes the tv shows or the movies if it is the catalyst the catalyst to get them yeah you know it's like the gateway drug mm. okay this is you know this yeah is to get your gateway drug to get you well you like that why did you try reading the book exactly and then read more got books it, yeah <laughs> yeah you know and that was like with me with 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 sherlock holmes because i had you know everybody knew sherlock holmes yeah yeah, yeah. but then when i got laid up for some surgery about seven years ago and BBC Sherlock was out. Yes. But I love Benedict Cumberbatch and other things. And my son said, Mom, you know, you can't get off the couch now for like four days. Um, (laughs) It's a good way to spend your time, Yeah, so he said, Mm -hmm. I went to the library and again, the library. Yes, library! The first two two seasons and then I watched him and I was like, this is really good. And then I read the canon and it's like, I get it. 
Yeah. Mm. Oh, I get it. You yep. know, that's it's like that when you tr- can trigger, you know, trigger it. So yeah. You the, get the fandom and the kernel the of love. T- yeah. The, be it the TV shows or the movies, it causes if it causes you to read the books, Good. I'm all for it. Yeah. Mm. Katie, what's yours? What's a book that has changed oh, yeah. your life? <laughs> You're like, oh, that's right. This question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> you talking to me? Um, I would have to say Cat's Cradle. By oh. Kurt Vonnegut. You love oh, Vonnegut. Yeah. Yes. I do love Vonnegut. And that one, um, I feel like it gave me kind of a world view outlook, kind of a philosophy on life that I related to more than a lot of others I had been exposed to. Yeah. Kind of that humanist mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. It's all absurd, but we can still appreciate one another. Exactly. <laughs> and I needed that. Yes. I to kind of put a, a motto on it, life. put a yeah, exactly, put a spin on it that you're like, I dig that. It's a helpful <laughs> philosophy for me. It is a helpful philosophy for me. Were so. you thinking about getting a Vonnegut tattoo at one point? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. my my good friend has one, and I had thought about it as well. See, one now, of these days seems not ideal, but yeah, yeah, I know. One I'm just days. one of these days. <laughs> a tattoo is it's forever, so you have can, to you know be you can after wait. The plague and right. When I oh, have way money, after the plague. Yeah. So this could be this could be in ten years. I got you. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting Jane Austen on me. Sorry. Yeah. There you go. I've got Wonder Woman on me. Yes. I don't. You know, I do have a sizable Wonder Woman collection of memorabilia. Yes. Exactly. Oh yeah. It's, it's like there's so many. It's like again, the Venn diagrams just getting bigger. The circles are overlapping each other. You know. But it's all good. It's, it's all, all good. good. It's all good. Mm. Well, yes. Who is your one cool I'm author now, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Okay. All right, okay. You guys already know. Okay. But it, we'll pretend was, we don't. It was Bonnie that started this game. <laughs> okay. This I can you guess game. You already forgot? Oh, I my forget. gosh. Oh, see? There you go. <laughs> I... I, I, drinking. I <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a chance we don't know. There's so, alcohol. This lady is super complex, as I've already alluded to. Mm-hmm. Um, much more than... She did her life... Okay, the words are coming out. Gotcha. There you go. Okay. Drinking has really been happening, guys. I told you we'd be drunk. <laughs> well, I don't want to say she's not just an author because those were the words that were going to come out of my mouth. She's a gal of many an, talents. Yeah, being an, an author go. is incredible. Yeah, right? There's no yep. just an author. But right. she's a woman who has had lots of different jobs during yes. her life, let's say. Um, but when she became a published writer and kind of got in the swing of writing, she started a writing ritual. Yes. I'm not a writer, but I'm assuming that it's fairly common yeah. for writers to have like, you know, we all have rituals for how we do things in our life, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. To get through the day, I burn okay. incense and then an effigy of, no, I'm just kidding. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's true. <laughs> so this author, um, she would wake up early in the morning. She would check into a hotel room where the staff was instructed to remove any pictures from the wall. Oh, then uh, she would write on legal pads while lying on the bed with only a bottle of sherry. Yes. <laughs> a deck of cards to play solitaire. Okay. A thesaurus and a Bible. Ah. Is that like the Holy Trinity? Nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sherry, the thesaurus, and Bible. Yes. Oh, my. What would you take to a deserted island? Right. <laughs> um, so she would write as such, um, and she would leave by early afternoon. Mm-hmm. She would average 10 to 12 pages of written material a day, which she would edit down to three or four pages in the evening. Oh, she was meticulously mean to her own words. (laughs) She said she went through this project to enchant herself. Ah. I don't remember who it is. (laughs) 
I have no clue. Okay, I'm going to give you another interesting fact about this lady that I didn't learn until today. She's yes. six feet tall. Nice. She was six feet? She was six feet. Whoa. You, re- you remember, don't I you, I know Leah? who she is. Oh, you yeah. know who she is. I remember from the yellow legal pads. So the that's yellow, why okay. I'm like going, oh, yeah, that's right. right. But I didn't realize she was six feet tall. She's, she was six feet tall. Look at that. Yes. She's I'm going to be lady. talking <laughs> to you guys about Maya Angelou. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Dr. Angelou. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember the text messages. I didn't realize she was that tall. Yeah, exactly, Six right? Feet tall. Amazing. Which served her well. Oh, One yeah. of her earliest um, jobs was as a dancer, and she actually mm-hmm. studied dance professionally. She had gorgeous legs. Like her and Tina Turner. I mean, I will say Tina Turner. Like, if we're ever judging legs, Tina Turner is the <laughs> queen of legs. Like, yes. done. But Maya had some awesome legs. <laughs> I believe it. Mm-hmm. I was listening to um, some poetry she was reading today that was talking about what was it her like piston pumping hips and yes, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't be mad, I'm sexy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So Maya was born um, with the name Marguerite Annie Johnson. Not seven names, no, Bonnie, just but three. a couple. Oh, three. <laughs> kind of the norm, right? There you go. <laughs> nice. Um, so Maya was a nickname that her brother gave her. Oh. Um, she was very, very close with her brother. He was only like one or two years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really did go through a lot in childhood together. Um, they started life out with their parents. I think she was born in, oh, it might have been Arkansas. I know Minnesota. she spent a lot of her life yeah. in Arkansas yeah. because she's friends with Bill Clinton because of Arkansas. They're Arkansas, <laughs> they're Arkansas years. That's right. She was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so her parents didn't have the best relationship. Gotcha. Um, and when she was just three years old, they decided to, to part ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of one of them keeping the children, they put their children on a train with uh, like I, I think like a label like a sticker like hey <laughs> like a little deliver these post-its. kids yeah they used to mail yeah, kids yeah stamp. I they know. used Literally. to mail kids because it was cheaper terrifying but yeah sure yeah with, <laughs> with the directions to deliver them to their grandmother's house in Arkansas oh. yes wow so she was three when that experience happened which would have her brother like maybe be five at the most and oh they traveled gosh. from at that point they were living with their parents in California. Oh, oh, so they my. went California to Arkansas? Arkansas? California to Arkansas on the train. Wow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even think my kid goes upstairs without my assistance. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Right. So exactly. I used to put my sons on planes to go see their grandma in Florida, but, you know, they were little. Yeah. They weren't three and five. And a lot of times were, the stewardess were, were aware of that. And yeah, nine, like, Here, yeah. And I had to pay extra for them to kind of keep an eye on them, but it was like baby a set. Two mi- you know, it was basically a two-hour <laughs> bus ride. Right. That was back in the day where you could actually pick them up at the gate. Too, yeah, so. very true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm worried about leaving my dog alone at the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> true story. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Let alone sending kids anywhere. So, well, after the treacherous, well, I don't know that it was treacherous, but let's call it that. Let's the treacherous that, yeah. train ride. Right. Um, they arrived at their grandmother's house um, and actually had many good years there with their grandma. Cool. Even though it was like Great Depression era time. Uh-huh. Um, but their grandma and uncle owned a general store. Mm-hmm. Um, she has lots of fond memories of uh, the store. Um, yeah. If you ever get on YouTube, you can fall into like 
hours of listening to her talk about different things and it's all amazing <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but then when she turned seven, um, they decided to send her back to live with her mom, her and her brother, Bailey. Gotcha. Um, so they went to live with her mother. And unfortunately, while she was at her mom's house, she was raped by her mom's boyfriend. Right. So, um, and this floored me, too, because I, I've only, like, I've never dug into who is Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. um, but that experience actually led to her being mute for five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She did not speak for five years. Mm-hmm. Like incredible. That yeah. Like, That's traumatic yeah. is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm. traumatic. There's some kind of famous quotes about like her her speaking out about it led yes, to his she felt death. like saying his name led yeah. to him dying, that just yeah. by speaking his name out into the world she caused his death. Yeah. So his probably justified death. I know it's called karma, but yeah, uh, I mean yeah. I understand. I, um, I, you know, <laughs> she was little because he <laughs> was, was horrific. He was convicted for what he did to her. Gotcha. Um, but he only spent one day in jail. Oh. And he was found the next day, kicked to death. Ooh. So, so that's yeah. why she felt responsible yes, that is of some why kind, she felt responsible which she was that. not responsible. No, but right. my, no, my yeah. dad was a sheriff's deputy, and they used to have to, you know, kind of keep those kind of prisoners away from the general population. Right, yeah. But if they were really a problem, they would just kind of tell them what happened and then mm -hmm. turn away. Right, exactly. Jailhouse justice. Yeah, it's one of those things. Don't mess with kids and then yep. go to jail and expect it to be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was seeing her quote about it. She said, I thought my voice killed him. I killed that man because I told his name. And then I thought I would never speak again because my voice would kill anyone yeah oh wow yeah right that's what she said about her remembering that experience but she also talks about how during those five years that she was mute that she feels like her brain almost reconfigured differently yeah um and because she wasn't speaking she was able to develop like her sense of memory mm -hmm. um her sense of like even just language development because she was able to remember so much her, yeah. her capacity to remember things um she was kind of more taking things in Right. You know what I mean? Just kind of absorbing everything around her instead yeah. of expelling it. Yeah. But it was actually her love of writing and particularly her love of poetry that led to her being able to speak again. Yeah. Um, because she had a teacher, Mrs. Flowers, that was concerned um, and interested in her, kind of took her under her wing um, and gave her access to like all the books. Yes. At school. All like, the books. Read all the books. <laughs> she read Shakespeare, memorized Shakespeare, um, yes. so many other poets. Um, and I think from what I was hearing on, like, the YouTube interviews of people that um, knew Maya Angelou, basically the teacher challenged her and said, like, you can't really say you love poetry if you mm. do not speak poetry. Ah, mm. to get her to talk. Yes. Ah, see. Yes. So. Nice. And then, uh, believe it or not, not that many years later, um, from when she had her period of being mute, she actually became a singer. Right. Yeah. See, Finding was, and using your voice. She was storing it up. Right. <laughs> um, so after the horrific event, um, she did move back with her grandma and things were good there. Um, but unfortunately, this was also uh, the South. Yeah. Uh, yes. During South was what it was. Mm. What, what was that? Like probably the. Is what like it is. 50s 30s. Oh, OK. Even yeah. The 30s and 40s. Yeah. 30s. Yeah. Yep. Well, 40s probably. Before Jim, I mean, it was still Late heavy 30s, Jim Crow. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, so they had a few good years with grandma. Um, but her brother Bailey, um, like her grandma caught wind that 
what was expected is when a young black man walks down the street, um, if a white woman, a white man is coming by, they will get off the sidewalk or the street mm. and move out of their way and defer yeah. to them. Right. Um, and Grandma found out that Bailey was not doing that. Oh. Bailey actually came across somebody who had been hanged um, oh. like after the event happened and that had a huge impression on him and he was like, no, kind of making a stand. Gotcha. Um, so Protesting uh, in his own yeah, way. So yeah, Maya's yeah. grandma was so scared about what this could lead to, yeah. his defiance, um, that they actually went back to California to live with their mom. Gotcha. For his safety. Oh, wow. Yep. To survive the South. <laughs> right. So Oof. she definitely had like some very strong feelings towards the South. I think it wasn't until the 80s gotcha. um, that she ever went back to the South, and she swore she never would. Yeah, right. But right. So on Oof. to happier things about what a groundbreaking, <laughs> um, just shattering of, what, what would you call that? Role shattering yeah. uh, person Maya Angelou was. Yeah. Um, she moved to California, um, started going to school there, decided she wanted a job at like uh 16 years old Mm -hmm. um there weren't that many opportunities for um young african-american girls at the time to get jobs um and it was extremely unheard of for anyone who was black let alone a black woman to be a streetcar operator in san francisco yeah like the trolley car operator so so what job did maya want of course she wanted the job she couldn't have Well, she says um, she wanted the job because they got to wear really cool uniforms. Ah, there you go. Classy. Yeah. And that in her interview, she expressed that (laughs) that was part of it. And they also, when they asked what experience she had, she said she was the personal chauffeur um, of, and I forget her grandma's name, but she like said her grandma's name. Oh, there you go. Personal Mm. chauffeur. I like that. That was her experience. She's not really lying. (laughs) But um, of course. She got the job. Sweet. She absolutely got the job as streetcar operator. Wasn't so. Was it something like she was the very first female trolley car operator or something like that? I know she was the first black one. Okay. Gotcha. There was um, some kind of record that she held oh, right. in, as a San Francisco yeah. trolley operator. And I was just like, good on you, girl. Right. <laughs> well, um, a random factoid for some reason that stuck in there about my uh, San Francisco trolley. Right, she trolley. has like 50 honorary degrees, dozens right. of awards. Um, but yeah, I remember reading that too online that she also has been recognized by like the Transportation Society <laughs> right. for this time that she was a... A streetcar operator. I love it. Right. Um, So uh, she did that while attending school. Um, She also, during this time, um, became pregnant. Gotcha. A very young girl, 16 at the time. Oof. Um, But it was determined she wanted to finish school. So she hid her pregnancy from her mother and from everybody until after she graduated. I don't understand how you hide a pregnancy. I really don't know how you do it. I mean, when you're six feet tall, maybe that's a little... Maybe. Right? You're like... Because well yeah exactly it's got to be you're right. hiding it somewhere where the, everywhere where's the baby you're right <laughs> I don't, yeah. well I'm wondering timeline wise if like she found out but she didn't tell anybody until after she graduated and by then she wouldn't have been showing you know what I mean right, maybe right. that's okay. like yeah. that's, yeah, maybe yeah. that's more the deal gotcha. yes um, so anyway um, she gave birth at 17 to her one and only child Guy Johnson mm-hmm. um. And then, like, she just, uh, she had had, you know, good, sweet mothering from her grandma. Yeah. Um, so she did that with her son, and he went everywhere with her. Mm-hmm. And they went 
everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she, um, I think she was still in California when she had him. Um, she studied ballet, and then she was invited to study um, dance. I don't know if it was modern or calypso, but some kind of dance um, in New York. Okay. Um, and then she went back to California and was a calypso dancer. Ah. <laughs> um, so she also, like, during that time married, and that's where the name Angelou comes from. Gotcha. She married um, a Greek man. Mm. Um, so they had an interracial relationship, which nice. is also, like, super frowned upon back in the day. <laughs> right. The good old days. Oh, no. 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 Yeah. Even though it should be. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so... She's been married twice, and both marriages were were pretty short marriages. Gotcha. I'm just thinking like they couldn't keep up with her. Yeah, Probably, right? Yeah, right? Exactly. She had shit just, to do. Right? She was not. <laughs> she was an independent woman. Yeah, she wasn't sitting at home, you know, no. you know, eating bonbons and you know. Exactly. No, she had stuff to do during this period. Dancing like, right. I was trying to absorb this whole uh, legacy that is her life. Yeah. And I feel like it's all jumbled in my head because she did so many things. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know which one came first or after. Or it was like. Right. Or simultaneous. Every, yeah, I but they came like, yeah. all at the same time. Right. <laughs> but I feel like everything led to each other in like a really yeah. beautiful way. Yeah. Honestly, if I could like lay it out with like string and a timeline. And right. With the little red string way, and the pins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would all make sense. And you guys would love it. So yeah. I will add in the show notes some of the YouTube videos because, yes. you know, I'm just going to throw that out there for you guys all the time because I'm a pretty poor storyteller. <laughs> no, so. you're good. You're good. <laughs> you can take it from some professionals. Um, but she did dancing and then she transitioned to singing um, and she had a good deal of success and she worked with really famous people. Yeah. Um, not everything took off like in a really crazy way. Mm -hmm. Like she did an Alan Rita with modern dancing and all of this and they were like. <laughs> <laughs> I love the interview with her son Guy. Um, later on in her life, she moves to Hawaii to be a singer mm -hmm. <laughs> and she had success for a while, but then people kept stopped coming to see her sing and her son was like that's because she wasn't a singer <laughs> there were actual like really good singers around i and, see yeah. right they were coming to see everybody else right. but she, she sang in like this nice. west african type yeah like cadence and, and low cadence. Yeah. yeah it was really pretty i thought it, yeah yes, I but agree. it was unique yeah Very it wasn't unique. pop <laughs> um but during this time um it's definitely a time of upheaval and like we're getting into like the 50s mm -hmm. um, into her adulthood with um, the civil rights and all of the activists and artists are coming together. Yeah. So she's friends with famous artists and musicians and but she's also friends with civil rights activists. Yeah. Um, she was good friends with Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. um, she even did a, a special um, performance to raise money. Yeah. Um, for the Southern Youth. The Southern. Southern Christian conference. Yes. I know. I don't think that's mm -hmm. even right, but yeah. <laughs> oh, the thing. Southern I, Leadership not, Conference. I'm not there a history is. buff. I'm sorry, guys. I'm it's really totally not. fine. Um, but her success at that actually led to her having a position. She was working on in New York, but she was like, yeah. I think like the main person in charge from that area. Yeah. So um, then she met a man. Ooh. Yes. And she decided to move with him to Egypt. Like you do. Like yep. you do. <laughs> so she was doing the civil rights activist, but then she's like, let's hop over to Africa for a while. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she got 
involved in the anti-colonization uh, of Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, she, after she broke up with the dude, moved to Ghana. Yes. And taught classes in Ghana and mm-hmm. um, met Malcolm X. Yes. Yes. And That's my favorite part of her story. I freaking yeah, love Malcolm although, X, though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah their so story. She's like yeah. been in Africa for four years now mm-hmm. um, and met Malcolm X and had this in- great connection with him. Like, mm-hmm. loved his ideas, fully supported him, and decided because of him she would move back to the United States yeah. and become part of the civil rights movement again in the United States. And help him, too, and because yeah. it was, he was right. Sorry, I'm Malcolm X yeah, obsessed. Do it. He was, uh, had just gone to Mecca for the first time Mm. and was praying with white men and black men and realized that all the stuff that he had been preaching about separatism was wrong. And he was starting to change his mind and he stopped and he visited Maya and they just had this intellectual brouhaha about Islam and about life and about segregation. And it was right when Malcolm X was changing his mind um, about how civil rights could go forward and how black power could go forward. And it was really this enlightening thing. And she's like, I'm totally in. And then what happened, Katie? Then she came back to the United States. And I think it was literally two days later, Malcolm X was assassinated. Yeah. 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 He was about to make a big announcement of his formal plans and mm-hmm. he was killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it devastated her. Didn't she almost become mute again? Yeah. I mean, it had a huge impact on her. Yeah. Um, They also talk like uh, people who have really studied her about how her legacy is very nomadic. Yeah. Oh, very much. West Coast, East Coast. She's Mm -hmm. out of the country. She toured for a while in her dancing troupe in Europe. Yeah. Um, She's worldly. uh, Right. And every (laughs) time like the stars were kind of aligning and she was going to settle down somewhere and devote to a project. A lot of it, the civil rights project, um, Mm -hmm. something tragic would happen. Yeah. Um, So this happened with Malcolm X um, and she was so upset and so depressed. Um, She saw her brother Bailey and he's like, you have to do something to get Mm -hmm. through this. He goes, that's when he said, go to Hawaii and sing. Oh, okay. He's like, just go to Hawaii. They have an aunt there. Go to Hawaii and sing. Oh, see, yeah. And so that's what she did. And that's when her son Guy was talking about, oh, she's not here. (laughs) But hey, got her out of it. So after she went to Hawaii. (laughs) Well, it was therapeutic. Repaired her soul a little bit. Um, (laughs) I wish I could remember the singer who was like playing down the street. It's a famous one, too. It was like Harry Belafonte or something like that? No, it's another woman. Oh, okay. Um, Probably wasn't like a Josephine Baker or anything like that. Okay. All right. No worries. (laughs) But um, so after her crowd left her in Hawaii, um, it was timing wise. um, Actually, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. reached out to her and was Mm -hmm. like, hey, I need you to help me. I need your help and support. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. um, What is it? Prayed for the poor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this big project. Um, I have to raise money for it. Um, I need you to go around to all of the churches and be like, can you just give me one day of your collections? Yeah. One day, mm-hmm. one time a year, all of your collections so we can raise this money. Yeah. Um, he told her that uh, that black men like a pretty woman. Yes. So she mm-hmm. was the one to do it. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, she had she had a soft voice, a gentle demeanor. She right? was worldly. You know, yes. <laughs> I mean, she has so much intrigue to her, I feel like. Yeah. She just mm-hmm. want to know more. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, so she told uh, King that she would do this, mm-hmm. but that she wanted to wait until after her birthday to start. 
Right. Um, because she wanted to talk to her family and tell them the new plan of what she's going to be doing and celebrate yeah. her birthday with her family. Um, so you can see on YouTube her recalling this moment. Yeah. Like it kind of gave me goosebumps, but um, it was her birthday and she was cooking up all the food for her family for this big celebration they were going to have. Um, and a close friend of hers called and said, like, have you like been called? Have you heard the news? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. Yep. And she's like, she's like, what? And she goes, like, stay away from the phone. I'm coming right over. Um, and she comes in and lets her know that King has been assassinated. On her birthday. On her birthday, yeah. Yeah. Um, her family recalls that she didn't celebrate her birthday for many, many years and oh, would actually really? spend it with um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, widow. Oh, with Coretta? Coretta. Mm-hmm. Wow. She actually maintained really close Oof. friendship with Coretta and Malcolm X's uh, widow as well. Yes. They're quite Betty a powerful trio. Sorry, I'm a yeah. geek. I just, no. I'm weird. <laughs> I find it amazing that you know that. And I'm so like, in love with Malcolm X. It's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain. Right. <laughs> so there she was again. Like the stars were aligning. She was ready to settle down into this and project. Then and then the world, the world gets turns upside down. That's probably the best way that I can like yep. describe it. Right. Aww. So now I'm like really talking about. Um, her travel and all of these different things she had, and I haven't really touched on the writing, um, a lot of that was really plugged in and happened um, when she was in New York. Gotcha. Um, she was really talking to a lot of intellectuals there in Harlem, and they were really encouraging her to put mm-hmm. words down on paper, um, to yeah. be a writer, to write. Um, and so that was kind of it. And so in between all of this, I think she's always like writing and thinking about writing. Um, and then, of course, her first... Um, uh, autobiography um why the caged birds caged birds sings yep uh came out when was that that it came out is it like the 70s i want to say 60s? it's the 70s but i'm not here right like i know I said, it's about her childhood so much in there oh yeah <laughs> she has seven have, of you, them. have you heard this leah because you'll love this yeah um so uh it was released in 1972, Angelou's okay. Georgia, Georgia, produced by a Swedish film company and filmed uh. in Sweden, was the first screenplay written by a black woman. Yes! She's written a screenplay. I know! And she's right? the first... And I'm like going, the first? Right. <laughs> yeah. She wrote the film soundtrack, despite having a little... Or, oh, okay. Yeah, she wrote the soundtrack. Yeah, because there she was just... In, she's like, yeah. no, this music will not do. And then just decided on a weekend to just exactly. make a soundtrack for it. Because she's my Angela. Right. <laughs> like, can you she can. <laughs> she sets records right everywhere. <laughs> right. Um, what was it she wrote? She did like seven biographies. Yeah. And she did uh, different parts of her life. Right. And she also did, as far as entertainment, um, a 10-part docuseries called Blacks, Blues, Black. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool too. I've only seen little bits of that, and I've wanted to try to find the whole thing. It was like yeah. a PBS like series, so it's right a little harder to find. Yeah. Did you guys know that she was in Roots? Yes. I, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that was really cool too. Yes. Just this cool tidbit for everybody out there. Um, so really, um, it was her academic career and her writing that made her return to the South um, uh-huh. for the first time after so many years of leaving Arkansas. Um, it was in the early 80s that she was offered um, a lifetime professor- 
Reynolds professor professorship professorship a professorship there you go I have my pipe in see exactly right a professorship of American <laughs> studies at Wake Forest University in Winston Salem North Carolina um, so she became one of the few full time African American professors yes. um, and taught there yeah so and that kind Earned of in those like settled in there. 50 of them. Right. And then she would just like lecture everywhere and be involved in everything. 50 doctors. I know, right? I think you just put them in like a pamphlet, you know, like a little flippy book. (laughs) So, little page protectors. Wallpaper room. Right. (laughs) As if we need more trivia. Um, in 1993, Angela recited her poem on the pulse of morning at the presidential inauguration of Bill Clinton, yes. becoming the first poet to make an inaugural recitation since Robert Frost at John F. Kennedy's inauguration. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful yes. poem, too. I like that poem. <laughs> right. So anyway, there's so much info and there's like travel and tragedy and um did you guys know that um her grandson was basically kidnapped by his mom and missing from her life for four years oh my god oh my gosh so her only son guy i believe just has one son um and when his ex was doing visitation just disappeared with him and they had to hire private detectives and to try to track her down and did not get to see him for four years oh my gosh She's dealt with oh, some tragedy. Right. And but triumphs. then rises back from it. Right. It's like, hey. Like a phoenix. Right? Yeah. Over and over and over again. And yeah. I think that's just very much a theme of her life. And you can definitely find um, lots of inspirational quotes by her and different, yeah. like, you know, just kind of her own rules and thoughts for herself on life. And they're very, very awesome. So. Exactly. I will remember to get Leah some goodies for the show notes. <laughs> You were going to uh, tell us a Tupac story, though. Oh, gosh. Let, let, let's close it down on that. Oh, you want to close it with the Tupac story? This is always one of my... I don't know why I love this story, but it cracks <laughs> my ass up. And I'll put it... Uh, I will also put a link in the show notes of actually Maya telling it, because she does... She, I mean, she tells everything better. Um, <laughs> but she was um, on the set. She was friends with... Um, the director is John... It's not John Livingston, but she was friends with the director on uh, Poetic Justice. And they wanted to work together and Janet Jackson was in the movie and Tupac was in the movie. But this was like Tupac was really only known on the rap circuit. He hadn't necessarily broke out as kind of like a universal, you know, uh, name yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically he was the thug on set. And Maya showed up on set and this gentleman, Tupac Shakur, was throwing around the N-word and was picking fights with somebody on set and basically being a thug. And Maya (laughs) took him to the side and says, has anyone ever told you, sir, that you are blessed? And she gives him this like talk down of you are here because of your ancestors being so strong and so wise and so proud of you that you can now exist on this earth, that your ancestors have gone through so much for you. And you (laughs) are using that word and you are picking fights with your fellow brothers. How dare you? You are better than that. And she totally gave him a talking to. So much so that Tupac's mother, who was in the Black Panthers, (laughs) called her and said, you have changed my son. 
what did you tell him? (laughs) And she's like, I just told him that he is loved and that his ancestors can be proud of him if he allowed it. And, um, and uh, Janet Jackson hears about this story, runs out of her tree, be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Did you really just tell that to Tupac Shakur? And she's like, I have no idea what a Tupac, what a three-pac, what a four-pac is. What are you talking about? Maya had no idea. She just saw him as a person who could do better. And <laughs> he did better after that. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So I love the I love the Tupac story. <laughs> John Singleton. Sorry, there we go. John Singleton uh, okay. was always a big fan of Maya Angelou and had her in the movie for a one day role. So yeah, poetic justice because it's about poetry, y'all. <laughs> so you gotta put Maya in it, right? Even yes. if it's for one day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> for the hundredth time, I'm gonna tell you guys. Well, that wraps it up <laughs> for Author Gal Month. <laughs> Stay tuned next Monday because it's our, oh, no, next Monday. Oh, is it next oh, Monday? you and Bonnie, bloodbath fight oh. over who gets to do the 100th episode. Oh. oh. The first one. Dun, dun, dun. I'll I bell out be special. I think it just we should just do some kind of special episode. We were supposed to do some kind of like wacky question episode. We were. We were supposed like to do the secret private. podcast. It was supposed to be private, but maybe exactly. it should just be our hundredth podcast. I People think so. Understand exactly. It's an idea. I'm just saying. So. Well, we could get together and we could do uh, a half and half. Maybe <laughs> half of it's the secret one and yes. half of it's the hundredth yeah, one. There you go. <laughs> so stay tuned for next Monday when we yeah. have our one hundredth episode. One hundred so, years young. <laughs> till next time, month. <laughs> till next time, yes. Till next time. <laughs> Good evening, because I assume you're listening to this. The soothing Always. sounds of my voice in the evening. In times. the evening. <laughs> Good night and goodbye. <laughs> For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>